Amen. Hadn't they been a blessing to have? Well, I appreciate them. Thank God for them tonight. And uh, if you'll turn with us to the book of Mark for a few moments, Mark chapter number 10. While you're turning, I want to say I appreciate what the Lord did for us this morning in the service and appreciate what He's done for us tonight. They do have some CDs here that uh, if you would like to pick pick up, they are $10 a piece or just by love offering. They say and they do not try to charge really if you're someone who cannot afford it, but I think it's a good investment, amen, uh, to go into your automobile or around the house and play some good wholesome music, amen, something that glorifies the Lord. And so uh, try to pick one of those up on your way out and help their ministry. Of course, our church will be good to them, and we'll give them a good offering for being here with us today. If you're able to stand with us, Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10, I seldom do this, but I'm going to preach. A lot of times if uh, I don't preach on Sunday morning or whatever service that may be, if God moves in a different direction, I don't always come back and preach the same message because the service is not always the same, but uh, this thought has just been so strongly on my heart, and so by the help of the Lord, I want to preach on this subject uh, uh, tonight by the help of God. Mark chapter number 10 and verse number 13. The Bible says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Father, We want to thank you tonight for the Word of God. Thank you tonight for the privilege to be in church. And God, your presence has been so real and good to us today. And we want to praise you for that. Thank you for the special offering that was received, God. And I ask you, Lord, if you would, to continue to meet this need according to your perfect plan and your perfect will. I ask you to bless this church even more so in days to come. May more souls be saved and lives be changed for the glory of God. May strong families be built and spiritual lives uh, be developed and touched by, for the glory of God. I ask you now to give us words and wisdom for the next few moments to say only what you would have us to say. And we'll praise you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach out of verse number 13 on this subject on the touch of God. And the Bible says here, And they brought young children to him. Notice this, that he should... Touch them. And when you think about the touch of God tonight, if our text proves anything, it proves this, that the touch of God is available. Amen? And I find that in this text tonight that as these people come to Jesus here, Christ does not turn them away. The touch of God was not only available for them, but it was available for their children, proving that it is good not only for one generation, but it is also good for generations to come. And I want to say if there's anything uh, that this generation needs in 2017, it needs the touch of God. And so the touch of God is available. And then we see the touch of God is able. What Jesus does for these infants here is that he touches their lives and I want to say that I'm glad that in 2017 it's not only available but the touch of God is able to conquer anything uh, that may be in the life of anyone and I don't care tonight if you're a drunkard or if you're a prostitute or if you're a church member it matters not who you are what your sin or what 
what your struggle may be, whether you be young or old or whether you be wise or unwise or rich or poor, I'm glad that everyone can have the touch of God upon their life. When we think about the touch of God tonight in this text here, I want you to see first of all, I see the relationship concerning his touch. There's not just one individual that we want to draw your attention to tonight, but there are three different kinds. And uh, My friend, the, the touch of God uh, uh, reaches every individual in all different types of relationships. Uh, when you think about this tonight, there are those in our text tonight who value the touch of God. The Bible says in verse number 13, and they brought young children to him. Now these people that brought these infants to Jesus here, they knew what the touch of God was about and they knew what the touch of God can do. And I want to say thank God for some people in our church that knows the value of the touch of God. There are people here tonight that maybe are not saved or maybe you're here tonight and not right with God and the touch of God means nothing to you. You don't know anything about that. But there are others here tonight that has experienced that touch. You have felt his touch and you know the need, that how the great need of having the touch of God not just upon your life but also upon the church. Amen? And so in relation to that tonight there are those who saw the value of his touch and then there are those that knew nothing about his touch. Amen? The Bible says that they brought young children unto him. Now Luke says that they were infants and so when you think about these infants that were brought to Jesus, though mom and dad knew something about the touch of God those little infants knew nothing about that. They didn't even know that they needed this touch in their life. And friend, that's a picture tonight of a lost and a dying world. They don't realize the value of its touch. It's also the picture tonight of those that have been raised in dead religion all of their life. All they know is just the formality of church. And the Bible says that in the last days one of the things that would mark the last days is that they would have a form of godliness but deny the power from there from such turn away. Amen. And so there are those tonight that don't know anything about the touch of God. There's a lot of preachers that don't know anything about the touch of God. But I'm telling you, listen, they needed it even though they knew nothing about it. So there are those that knew the value. There are those that knew nothing about it. But what about this in verse number 13? There are those uh, that thought, uh, uh, my friend, that they could control his touch. Uh, in other words, they thought they knew who was and who was not worthy of the the touch of God in their life. The Bible talks about the disciples how that when these mothers or these and these fathers brought these young children in verse number 13 to Jesus notice uh, that it was the brethren it was the disciples that rebuked those that brought them to him in other words they thought they could control or they knew who was worthy and was not worthy of the touch of God. Can I tell you something tonight about the touch of God? You can't control it. Amen because Jesus is going to touch whoever he wants to touch. Amen. I believe in living right. I believe in separation. I believe in doing right. But can I tell you something tonight? I believe we ought to keep it right. You know that, especially if you was here this morning. But I'm simply saying this. If you think a list of standards and a list of do's and don'ts, now you need them do's and don'ts, so don't throw them out the window. Amen. But if you think that that alone will bring the touch of God in your life, then you're sadly and badly mistaken you see you got to have a relationship with God the Pharisees had it all right on the outside but Jesus said on the inside 
They were whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. And I think there are people that in church all they have is a form of godliness and thank God you was raised right and thank God you was taught right. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, you've heard it said many times that rules uh, without a relationship creates rebellion, amen? But if that relationship is right, uh, you want to do right. You want to live right, amen? And there are those uh, in our text tonight, even though they were disciples and even though they were saved, they thought they could control the touch of God in their life you see you never know who God's going to touch in a service just like he may touch some missionaries on a Sunday morning in Sunday school you never know when he's going to touch you and I see here tonight the relationship concerning his touch. I see the reasons for receiving his touch. Uh, why did they receive his touch? Uh, some needed it because of love. The Bible said in verse 13 that they brought young children to heal. Now why did they bring them children to him? One simple answer tonight, because they loved them. Amen. You know why you need to bring people to Jesus? You know why you need to get your loved ones to Jesus tonight? <clears throat> because you do love them. If you love that lost son, you need to help get him to Jesus tonight. If you love that lost uh, a dad or mother or whoever, a brother or sister tonight, you need to be doing everything, and I need to be doing everything I can to get them to Jesus. They need the touch of God. You say, but preacher, they're wicked and they're sorry and they're low down, and we all was at one time, uh, and the only reason we're not where they're at is because somebody touched me, amen. It must have been the hand of the Lord. And some... My friend, the reason for having his touch was because of love. Others, the reason for having his touch was because of life. Uh, these infants, though they did not understand the touch of God, they still needed it in order to live. Amen? And can I say tonight, that's what every sinner needs. Uh, they need the touch of God in order to live. Uh, if he reaches down and touches you, uh, you'll never be the same. Uh, thank God his touch will make a difference in your life. Amen? We find here that the touch of God was for some because of love. Others it was to live. But then the touch of God was so that others would learn. Amen. The Bible says that the disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. You know, the disciples needed the Lord to touch them in this text uh, as much as anything. I can see, uh, I can see, uh, uh, come here, Andrew. I can see one of those disciples, uh, and Jesus is sitting here, and they're bringing those babies to the Lord. Uh, and I don't know if the reason that the disciples was rebuking them was maybe uh, because they thought that they was harassing Jesus, uh, or maybe it was because they thought that Jesus was tired, uh, or maybe they was tired themselves. Uh, it had been a long day in this text. Uh, but I can see the disciples standing there and they're turning people away uh, and you know what they needed Jesus' touch as well as those others uh, uh, they needed Jesus to just reach over and say hey suffer the little children to come unto me uh, uh, there was a lesson to be learned uh, in this text tonight and when you think about that uh, there's been times uh, I felt his touch in preaching and there's been times I felt his touch in worship but then there's times uh, I felt his touch in rebuke uh, uh, when he changed chasing me, amen, and can I say tonight, I don't enjoy chastisement, but I thank God for it, because it reminds me that I'm his, and he is mine, and he scourgeth every son whom he loveth tonight, amen, and thank God for his touch, and I see it in this text tonight, the reasons for his touch is because that they needed to learn the lesson that Jesus touches whoever he desires to touch. 
There's no limits on the touch of God tonight. I want you to understand that just man and his unwillingness to either come to God or to bring others is the only thing that hinders the touch of God in our life. And I see the, uh, my friend, the response concerning his touch. Notice how does Jesus respond in this text. Uh, he responds in anger. The Bible says, but when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. Notice here tonight uh, that Jesus was not upset with those uh, that was bringing people to him, but he was upset with those that was hindering people from getting to him. Amen. And can I tell you tonight, the Lord is always for winning souls. Amen. And the Lord is always for bringing people into his presence. You'll never bring the wrong person to the foot of the cross. You'll never pass a gospel track out to the wrong person. You'll never witness to the wrong person. Jesus responds in anger, but he doesn't respond to those that are bringing. He responds to those that are hindering others from getting to him. You know, tonight, I don't want to be a hindrance. I don't want to be a hindrance not only to the lost, but I don't be a hindrance to my church. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, uh, we need his touch in everything that we do. And you're either a help or you're a hindrance to the local church. And, and Paul listed in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he listed names of people in that chapter and he listed names of those that helped him in the ministry and he listed the names of those that hindered him in the ministry. And I want to say when I come down to the end of this life, and, and I hope it's true about you tonight, I don't want to be a hindrance to the work of God. I don't want to be a liability to the church. I, I want to be an asset, don't you? I, I want to be someone that supports what's taking place. I want to be a blessing to the house of God and I see that he responds in anger. I see that he responds in admonishment. Notice what he said. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God. Jesus begins to teach them and admonish them to not hinder people but let everybody come to Jesus. Let everybody come to the Lord tonight. And I want to say that ought to be the message of the church is that everybody can come. Children can come. Amen. Young people can come. Older people can come. Middle-aged people can come. Everybody can come. And Jesus admonishes them. Suffer them. Let them come. It doesn't matter. Even a tired and weary Lord in our text was not tired and he was not weary of people coming to him and him touching them. You know, I'm glad tonight that it will not matter. It does not matter what hour it is. It does not matter how many times you come. Like Sister April has sung that song so many times, touch me again, Lord. I need your presence. I thank God for what he did yesterday. I appreciate him passing by this morning, but I sure wish he had touched us tonight, don't you? I'm telling you, I appreciate uh, what God did this morning, but you can't run tonight on what God did this morning. As Brother Laddie prayed this morning, uh, as he was praying, I thought about that prayer. Uh, a lot of times, uh, uh, listen, we'll have a good service, uh, and I know we don't shout every service, but I don't know why we can, amen? Uh, but a lot of times we'll have a good service, uh, and if, you won't, don't, if you're not careful, the next service you'll think somebody died, and we was having a funeral without their bodies. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? I don't know why we're that way, or I say we tonight, but why are we like that? If God was good and let us have manna this morning, don't you think he wants us to have manna again tonight? You say, well, I'm tired, but you can still worship, can't you? There's only two times to worship God. You know that, don't you? 
That's when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. Amen. And you are to worship God on a Sunday night as good as on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he's good all the time. And he's been good to me. And he's been good to you. And he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be glorified. I tell you, I don't care who's doing the singing. I don't care who's doing the preaching tonight. God ought to be glorified. And I need his touch more than anything in my life. He respond, you know what a pastor's responsibility, one of his responsibilities is, is to admonish you. Admonish means to encourage, to strengthen, to build up. And friend, that's what we need in this hour. We're to admonish each other. Iron sharpeneth iron. We're to encourage each other. When I preach to you, it doesn't hurt you to preach back to me. Isn't that right? When I respond to you, it doesn't hurt for you to respond back to me. Uh, listen, you got to put your cell phone up to do that. Somebody say amen. And you got to get your mind off everything else. Uh, uh, where are you going to go eat when you get out of church? Uh, or what you going to do this week? Uh, or your clothes you got to lay out for work when you go home? Hey, none of that stuff matters tonight. Uh, you know what matters tonight is that we hear from heaven. And that the breeze of heaven passes by. I'm looking for God, aren't you? We need him in this hour and in our church. We need him more than we've ever needed him, friend. And I see here that Jesus responds concerning his touch and anger. He responds in admonishment. And then in verse number 16, he responds in acceptance tonight. The Bible said that he took them up in his arms, he put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Now when you think about not only do you think about tonight the response of his touch and the fact that he accepted them but you think about the realm of his touch. Everybody in this text needed a touch tonight. Some needed it for support. They was rearing children and they knew that if they was going to raise these infants for God, these young children for God, they knew they could not do it by themselves. They knew that they needed a touch that was beyond them. They knew they needed somebody that was beyond them. And so they took their children and they brought them to the presence of Jesus and they had Jesus touch them. Why? To help them, to aid them, to support them. And can I tell you tonight, I need his help. Hallelujah. I mentioned it this morning. In rearing children, I don't know, I couldn't write a book on raising kids tonight. But I can just tell you this. Stay on your knees and stay on your face. I don't care how bad they're doing and I don't care how good they're doing. You better pray for your children. I don't care if they're at home or if they're grown. You ought to pray for them every day. Don't ever look at them and say, well, it looks like they're doing all right. You better stay on your face and pray for them. You better walk with God and be a godly example inside the home. Having a good church is something good and you can't put a price tag on having a good church but I want to tell you something. The realm of reality that your children need to see God in is in the home. Amen. They don't need to get in this mode of worshiping God on Sunday and living any way they want to the rest of the week. They need to know that mom and dad is real. Hey, they may not always know if the preacher's real. They may not always know if the Sunday school teacher's real but they need to be able to know that I've got a praying daddy and I've got a praying mama and they're real and you need to stay humble and you need to walk with God and you need to live a clean life and you need to live separated and you need to, my friend, to have heaven in your home and you need to fight hell for your children and stand up for what's right. Read the Bible in the home. Play some good gospel singing and preaching in the home. Clean out the things in the home that don't need to be there. They need the reality of God at the house. Amen. They need his touch. 
They need to walk down the hallway and hear that mama pray in that room. And not be praying so they'll hear you, but know that that's what mama does. They need to hear daddy praying in the morning time. They need to see them Bibles open and marked up uh, where you've had your morning devotion. Amen. Is anybody with me tonight? I'm talking about the support. You can't raise your children. I'm telling you, friend, there is no guarantees your children will live for God tonight. They came to Samuel. They said, your boys walk not in your ways. Samuel raised his kids right. They didn't turn out right. When I read that one day, I remember my girls was two and three years old when I read that. And I started praying then. I said, God, please, if you don't grant me anything else, help me with my kids. Help them, help them to live for God. Help them turn out right, Lord. I'm telling you, God will not. I'm going to tell you tonight, God, there is no... Ch- Listen, God will not... Make your children serve him. He will not make them. There is principles, and there's not a promise there. You've got to train them. You've got to teach them. And it will not depart from them. I promise you that. You're living proof of that. It will not depart from you even when you're old. Even in your older age, it will stay with you. Even through all your life. But it did not stop you from going the different ways of the world. It did not stop you from making choices. You have to make your own choices. And I want to tell you, when you think about that little child that you hold in your arms tonight, that may seem innocent, that may seem simple. You say, but oh, preacher, how's my kid ever going to live for God in a world that's so wicked, in a world that's so ungodly, when there's churches are dying and when preachers are quitting? How's my little old child, my little old grandbaby ever going to make it in this wicked world? I'm going to tell you how they're going to make it the same way me and you made it. Amen. You're going to have to pray the touch of God on their life and It'll keep them in the right way when nothing else will. It'll haunt them in the wee hours of the morning when the crowd says, let's go this way. That's when mama needs to be praying the touch of God on their children. I want to say they prayed because they needed it in the realm of support. Amen. I want to say tonight they needed it in the realm of service. These disciples did not even realize how much they needed to learn about the touch of God. Can I tell you tonight, we don't, we've not even scratched the surface. We need his touch. Oh, if God would do anything tonight, if it would be just this, to send every one of us home hungry, to fall on our face and get on our knees and say, oh God, touch me this week. Touch me and let me be the employee at work I need to be. Touch me and let me be the church member that I need to be. Lord, touch me and let me be the daddy, the father I need to be, the mother that I need to be. Lord, touch me and help me to be the church member, the pastor, the Sunday school teacher, the deacon, the choir leader, the musician. Uh, Lord, just help me. God, touch me tonight. I'm telling you, we need him. We've learned how to do too much without him. Uh, And friend, without him, we'll surely fail. Uh, I'm telling you, all our planning and all our promotions and all our programs means absolutely nothing if he don't touch us tonight. You can knock on doors till your knuckles bleed and I'm for it. But there's a difference when you go to that door with a broken heart and a tear in your eye. That's a touch of God. You can pass out tracks and thank God we should. But there's something when there's a burning hunger and desire to see souls saved. 
Brother Ken's walked out that door as many times and told me, said, Preacher, pray that God will help me win one more soul. Isn't that, isn't that a blessing? That encourages me, brother. It encourages me to want that same spirit to witness. If he wins somebody to God, he'll say, I won two people to Jesus this week. And he goes down to the rescue mission and goes down to the other places and witnesses to people. Thank God. Amen. I'm telling you, but you got to have a touch. If you're going to be a soul winner, you've got to have a real touch of God, a real burden on your life tonight. I'm talking about the realm was in service. You know, a song, as I mentioned this morning, makes all the difference when it's got a touch on it. A sermon makes all the difference when it makes all. You know, me and you was in a service one night over at Galilee Baptist Church. And uh, I don't know if you even remember this, Brother Barnes, but I've told it before. Well, it was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And we was all hungry, starving to death. And the preacher got up and preached, and I'm just being honest, his graveyard dead. But I wasn't going to say it. We've all been in those services, so y'all hide your halo and tuck your wings. I just hope we're not in one right now. Amen. <laughs> I sit there thinking, man, I, I, I'm ready to go eat. It's, it's just, it's dead. Let's go to the And it's that way with everybody from time to time. I know that. But I wasn't going to say nothing. And the preacher got up and said, we're going to have one more message for supper. And I thought, oh, Lord. I mean, my belly button's gnawing on my backbone right now. You know? And we're going to have another 30-minute message. And uh, this, this old boy got up to preach. I never will forget this. Old brother Jeff Brown got up to preach. And he said, uh, I really don't have an outline. And he said, I, I can't preach like that other brother. I thought, thank God for that. <laughs> he said, I really can't preach like he can preach. But I, I just got a little old thought. Son, he got to plowing. And when he got to plowing, he hit some sweet ground. Amen. I'm telling you, it got so good. Everybody got to shout and got to praising God. You know what's amazing when God shows up? You don't think about going and eating, amen? Because spiritual food always outdoes the physical, amen? I tell you, God just sat down in that service. Well, I wasn't going to say nothing, you know? But Brother Barnes comes up and said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, why is it when it's graveyard dead, one guy doesn't know when to shut up, and when God's a move, another guy just won't keep on preaching. He quits too early, amen? Well, he was just saying what everybody else was a thinking uh, but I'm telling you friend we need the touch of God in service uh, I tell you if you're a singer in this church uh, you ought to pray the power of God on your singing amen you ought not be satisfied at just singing and trusting your voice uh, but you ought to get in a closet somewhere uh, and say dear God light upon my song uh, put a song in my heart uh, and let me sing uh, for the glory of God uh, and let it be real to me that it might be real to them that are listening Y'all hear me tonight, singers? I want you to start praying more for God's touch on you singing. If you play an instrument, you ought to pray for God to touch your hands. Amen. And don't trust your uh, musical ability, but pray that God uh, would touch your hands uh, and play it for the glory of God. Don't play to be seen. Uh, don't play, my friend, to draw attention to yourself, uh, uh, but do it that he might be glorified, that he might be praised. Uh, I'm telling you, whatever you do, uh, you ought to pray for God to touch you. Amen. It's important tonight. And you ought to live clean. You want God to touch you. I hear it in this text, I see here tonight, not only in the realm concerning support and service, but what about in salvation? They needed his touch. These infants did. 
And Jesus takes them up. And that, my friend, as he opens his arms, that's his invitation to receive them. The Bible said in verse 16, he put his hand upon them. He lifted them up with his hands. And that's in conversion and salvation. Thank God. One day he lifted me up. Amen. And then the Bible says he blessed them. And that's talking about those spiritual blessings. They didn't just receive something physical, but this was supernatural. Amen. This was a blessing that no doctor could put upon them. This was a blessing that no uh, physician, that no uh, uh, that no parent could put upon them. Uh, hey, this was a heavenly touch. Uh, and my friend, we need that tonight. And I close with this thought. I want you to hear this tonight. How do I receive the touch of God? Do you know this text tells you how to receive the touch of God? Notice this tonight. Preacher, how do I have God's touch on my life? Number one, you got to get in His presence. Verse 13 said they brought young children to him. Number two, you've got to ask for his touch that he might touch them. Number three, you're going to have to ignore those that try to hinder you. They don't know what they're talking about. These disciples was trying to hinder. They didn't know what they was talking about. Number four, you need to believe that Jesus is willing and that he wants to touch you. Jesus wanted to touch these infants tonight. Do you believe God wants to touch you tonight? If you're here tonight and you're lost, it's this simple. If you believe God will touch you in salvation tonight, he'll do so. He never turns faith away. If you're here tonight and you say, my singing's been dead too long. My heart's not been in it. I just do it when preacher asks me to do it, but I really don't go to the platform to sing from my heart. Then you need God's touch on your singing tonight. If you're here tonight and you say, well, I teach a Sunday school class, but I really don't, I've not been giving my all. I, I, I do it. I, it's my responsibility, but it's been a long time since I've went to the podium with a burdened desire to teach. I, I just kind of drag in and give it half-hearted, and you need God's touch on your teaching tonight. And by the way, they deserve your best. Amen. And then I want to say tonight, if you're a preacher, you need God's touch on your preaching more than anything. I don't care where it's at and who it is. You need God's touch on your preaching. You can read the books and, well, thank God for books. I, I love to read books, but there's no substitute for the power of God tonight. All the learning and all the knowledge will do nothing but puff, pump your ego tonight if you don't have a spirit of prayer and a spirit of power and God's touch. Do you believe? That's the real question. Do you believe God to touch you? I believe with all my heart tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit will touch me. You say, preacher, how do you get the touch of God? I believe Jesus will and wants to touch you. Then I want to say, trust and take God at his word. What Jesus said in verse 14 and 15, friend, does it work? Yes, it works tonight. And then I want to say this finally. How do you get the touch of God on your life? You wait for his hand upon your life. The Bible said in verse 16 that he put his hand on them. You know what tonight? I need him to put his hand on me. I was going to use that grandbaby, but he's asleep, but I'm going to use him anyway because I just want to hold him, you know. If he wakes up, he's going to scream bloody murder. And he just woke up. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. You see your papa? He don't even know what world he's in right now. Hey, buddy. That's all right. Yeah. 
It's a mean-looking crowd, ain't it, brother? Hey, he don't even know what world he's in. But I pray the touch of God on him. I want to see him get saved. I know you want to see him saved more than I want to see him saved. But I want to see him serve God. Jesus took him in his arms. And he put his hand on him. And he blessed him. Hey, that's what these young people need tonight. That's what I need tonight. Just like this little baby in my arms. The Lord tonight. I want to get up in his arms, don't you? I want him to touch me. I need his touch tonight. I need him to put his hands on me. You know something about them little fellers? They like it when you put your hand on them. They like to be touched. You like that? Yeah. He ain't going to smile too much right now. He looks like he just woke up out of a coma, don't he? Do you know something? Can I tell you the truth tonight? I love to put my hands on him. Miss Kate, I used to laugh at grandparents. I said, them people. Yeah, that's right. Them people. Always want to play with them kids. I, you know, I love my kids, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, something different about them. And now every little chance I get, even while I'm preaching, I put my hands on him. <laughs> He's a blessing in that, isn't he? As much tonight as I want to hold him, God longs that much more to hold me. He wants to touch me every bit as much as I want to touch this little baby tonight. The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe God wants to put his hand on you? You need it tonight. You need his touch on your life. I wonder why our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask you a simple proposition tonight. Simple little proposition tonight. It's what the Holy Spirit asked me while I was on vacation. It's what the Lord asked me. You want me to touch you again? That's what He asked me every morning. He said, you want me to touch you again? He said, I'll touch you again if you want me to. I said, Lord, I want you to. I don't want to I don't want to get to the place where this is common ground to me. It's casual. I don't want to take serving God for granted. He don't ever have to pass my way again. He don't owe me anything. He's not obligated to me. But I need him. He went from saying, "Lord, I I want you to touch me." To after a few mornings I start saying, "Lord, I I don't just want you to. I need you to." God, I, I got to have you touch. If you don't touch me, Lord, I'm done. I need you. I need you. She's going to sing that song tonight while we stand. I really think that, Brother Laddie, you mentioned in, in prayer room about God sending a revival. And that helped me because I tell you, for a long time, I've just been wanting that same thing. I, I agree with you tonight. In the Lord's name, I agree with you. I want to see God do it one more time. We've had some good meetings around here, haven't we? Wouldn't you like to see God do like he's done in days gone by? I'd like to see him do it one more time. Tonight, we got to get hungry. We got to get holy. We got to get humble.
if we're going to have his touch. While she sings, would you mind God tonight? We need his